I am your host, Busi Global, and you're listening to Keep Your Life on Track, a podcast where practical and actionable guidance is shared for the aspiring and current migrant, helping you navigate the process of pursuing your goals and thriving in a foreign land while taking care of yourself, with the underlying values to everything we do being trust, responsibility, accountability, collaboration, and kindness. As you have heard and as you have seen from the title of this uh, video, you can lose your permanent residency in Canada. Now, this is something you typically are given for five years. So if you would be given um, your permanent residency, it would be valid for five years. And after that five years, you either would have to renew it or just depending on the circumstances that are working in your life at the time. But the normal duration of having your permanent residency is usually five years. But in that five years, you could find yourself losing that permanent residency or you get to a point where you need to renew it and maybe you're not able to do that. And one of the things that could potentially happen that see you not be able to renew your your permanent residency or see you lose it is financial reasons. So as you can remember, when you are going through the process to try and get your permanent residency here in Canada, you could find a job first. And so that is proof that you are able to take care of yourself and your family or you you could be someone who produces proof of funds and those funds is what shows the government that you are going to be able to come into Canada and be able to settle with your family. So if at any time during your stay here in Canada, while you're still a permanent resident, that something happens and you are either unable or unwilling to support yourself and your family, that could be cause for you losing your permanent residency. So that's just something to keep in mind if you are going through the process that that initial proof of funds or proof of having a, a job or work is not the only time where you need to show that you are actually able to support yourself in Canada. So one of the other reasons that you could potentially lose your permanent residency in Canada is medical reasons. Now, medical these are medical reasons which causes an excessive demand on health or social services here in Canada. And if the cost of your medical condition, whatever medical condition you might have, passes the threshold of $128,445,000, or it's $25,689,000 per year, you could find yourself losing your permanent residency just because of the stress, like the excessive demand that your medical condition would be putting onto the system. So as you can remember, again, if you are somebody who's looking at going through the process of you or you've went through it, you know that there are medical exams that they require you to take. And part of the reason for you taking these medical exams is so they can be able to see that you are not somebody who's going to come in and then need to use an excessive amount when it comes to the public funds that are available for people who reside in Canada. As I've mentioned in previous videos, you basic healthcare in Canada is free. So if you would have something that is going on with you and you need to go to the hospital, maybe see certain specialists, for a lot of the conditions and procedures that would need to happen, the state is going to cover that. The government rather is going to cover that. But if you are a permanent resident, there are limitations. There are limitations and just be aware of these numbers. And if maybe something does come up or you know that there's something maybe that might be a norm in your medical history, 
looking at your family and all of that, maybe you could think that, okay, let me take up additional insurance so I am safe should there be something that happens so I'm not becoming someone that they look at and think is stressing the system. So just bear in mind that in 2023, the threshold is 128,445 and that's over a period of five years. So if, for example, you would use, let's say, $2,000 on medical related uh, expenses in the first year and then the next year you have 32,000 they're not going to say we've said you have to use a bit over 25,000 in one year and here you are you've used 30,000 in just one year so you need to leave like your PR is is being taken back it's being revoked it doesn't work like that but they look at it over the period of five years. Okay, so one of the other reasons that you could find yourself being in a position where you've lost your P permanent residency is crime. Something like driving under the influence of maybe drugs or alcohol, you could get yourself uh, losing your permanent residency if you are caught. So this is one where I say, just be careful of the circles that you hang around and make sure that you are not putting yourself in a position where you are criminally charged with something because that could see you lose your permanent residency. There's a number of things that you can think of that are falling under that crime category, but it could be things like attempts to overthrow the government, violence, terrorism, any crimes against humanity, but anything that would be related to crime that you are charged for could see you potentially losing your permanent residency. Devashni, I hope I pronounced your name correctly, says, hi, Busi, greetings from SA, hand pink or waving. Says you hear this news, are you now returning to South Africa? What about your house that you bought? So let's just go through all of the reasons that you can potentially lose your permanent residency. And I will be happy to answer all of your questions. The next reason that a person could see themselves lose their permanent residency in Canada is if they do not meet the presence requirement that the government has. So if in the last five years of having your permanent residency, you have not met the requirements in terms of the number of days that they expect you to be in Canada, which is 750 days, you could lose your permanent residency because the whole idea behind it is we're giving you this permanent residency so you can live here. But of course, they're not expecting somebody who's a permanent residence to just stay here the entire five full years. So minimum 750 days is something that you need to think about and know that if I would want to be a permanent resident in Canada and actually keep my permanent residency, I need to be present in the country for at least 750 days. One of the other reasons, and this is just before we get to the reason why I have lost my permanent residency in Canada, is you can renounce your PR status. And you could do this for a number of reasons. Maybe you just don't want to live in Canada permanently anymore. So you could be somebody who renounces your permanent residency and says, thank you very much, but you can take this back. I'm not going to be using it. I don't need it. Um, maybe you're someone who has decided, I only want to visit Canada. I don't actually want to live there. You could be somebody who either wants to become a citizen or a permanent resident in another country, and that country requires you to renounce your citizenship in any other place. And that would be one of the, the reasons that you could be choosing to renounce your permanent residency. Or you could need to accept a diplomatic or official position with a foreign government. And that could be a reason for you to lose your permanent residency. So before I get into the reason why I have lost my permanent residency in Canada, let me just go through the comments 
And Neo says, hi, Busi, absolutely appreciate the time you take to educate us regarding the medical fees threshold. Is that per person? Yes. So that would be per person. So if you are moving as a family of four, for example, like my family did, that is for each person who is moving. Okay. So one of the other reasons, which is the reason that I have lost my permanent residency in Canada. And I have, I, I will add a link in the description of uh, this video where you can see all of these reasons where the Canadian government states all of the reasons that you could lose your permanent residency in Canada, which includes the reason that I have lost mine along with my family. And it is because We've become Canadian citizens. <laughs> we have become Canadian citizens. And that is the reason for us losing our permanent residency in Canada. So as I mentioned, I'll add a link in the description where you can be able to see a bit more detail with all of the reasons and um, what it means for you. And one of the things I wanted to highlight for all of my South Africans who are watching this, if you would be becoming a citizen of any particular country, and you want to take up dual citizenship, you do not get to keep your South African citizenship automatically. That's how I used to think it was. For the longest of time, I used to think that's how it worked. And thankfully, you know, TikTok, I feel like is one of those platforms where I get to learn so much about so many things. And a couple, like it was a bit of a while ago, like that's where I learned that you actually do not keep your citizenship as a South African automatically. But there also are certain conditions um, that will apply where you could potentially be able to keep it. So number one, if you are under 18, so for example, my kids are under 18. When we applied to become Canadian citizens, we applied for them as well. And they didn't have to apply to retain their South African citizenship. So if you are below the age of 18, you don't have to apply. If you are somebody who's taking up the citizenship of another country because you're marrying someone who's in that country, you also wouldn't have to apply to retain your citizenship. And then if you are somebody who became the citizen of another country before a particular date in 1995, which is a, a long time ago, you also wouldn't have to apply. But if you are like anybody else, who is voluntarily taking up the citizenship of another place, then you would have to apply to retain it. So of, then another reason could be maybe you're running away from something that's happening in your country and you need to move somewhere else and you're getting that citizenship for another place. You also would be exempt from having to apply to retain, like if there would be something that's happening. But for everybody else, if everything is all good, really, and you are just voluntarily taking that citizenship up, you have to apply to retain your citizenship. And again, I'll leave a link in the description just so you know where to go to apply for that uh, citizenship, especially if you are a South African and you are living maybe in Canada, for example. And the reason I didn't add it before this live was because it kind of would have been giving things away, you know, in terms of why we are not permanent residents anymore and we We've lost that. So Snintlantla says, wow, you gave us a fright. <laughs> thank God. Congratulations. Thank you so much to all of you. Thank you. Thank you so much to all of you. I saw radio silence like on my Instagram and on TikTok when I shared the, the announcement for this live that I'm going to be going live. And this is the reason for it. It was kind of like people were interacting with every single one of my other posts. But with that one, it was like 
okay, what is going on here? You know, but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you all so much. It's been one of those milestones that we have looked forward to even before we moved because we looked at, you know, what is the path to becoming a citizen if you would be coming to Canada? What do you need to fulfill to become somebody who's a Canadian? And when it finally happened, it's it's just been a really, really great feeling. It's a great feeling. And it's one of the things that I honestly feel like I got and allowed myself to enjoy the process even before we we. Uh, became citizens. So as an example, I remember when I went to university, I held back in terms of when I would get happy and excited about doing something that I wanted to do, which was go to university, get this degree. And I thought to myself, I'll only get excited and happy when I get my degree. And when my my graduation came, it was a happy day, exciting, but I felt like, I don't know, I'm not feeling that excitement as much as I thought I would be feeling it when I've held back for this long to get to this point. And yeah, you know, so with this whole experience, I just thought to myself, regardless of what ends up happening after we move, I am just going to enjoy this experience. There's been things that are not favorable, you know, that have happened. As a lot of you may know, I recently was let go from my job. I got laid off. So there's been a number of things along the way that were not, you know, the nicest of things that could happen. But throughout the entire process, this is definitely one of those things where I can say I have allowed myself to just enjoy the process, enjoy being in a in a different country, enjoy exploring things that I'm not used to, seeing things that are very different. And now that we are in a position where we are citizens, it's like, okay, yeah, we did this. And it's it's pretty, pretty exciting. So thank you all so, so, so much. Fez Fulfilled says, oh, wow, congratulations to you and your family. Great news. You got us for a moment. You know, when I was thinking about it, I, I was like, Am I, am I like just adding too much drama to this for no reason? But I'm like, let me just, let me just do it just so you can come in, sit and listen through these other reasons that I do think are very important to know and be aware of when it comes to moving from another country, becoming a permanent resident in another country, just to be mindful that this is home, but it's, it's not home, you know, cause where you are a citizen, nobody's going to say go back home if you would do something that, you know, ends up getting you on the wrong side of the law, for example, or medical reasons um, as all of the things that I stated, right? So I'm really happy that I think it worked. <laughs> what I was trying to do definitely worked. And if any of you do have any questions when it comes to maybe becoming a Canadian citizen, drop them in the comments. I do want to just make sure that you are understanding what the process looks like, but from a very high level from our end, not really just from our end, but if you move as someone who has permanent residency, you generally need to uh, stay in Canada for a minimum of three years. So you need to be present in Canada for a minimum of three years, be able to submit your income taxes for the last three years. And you also need to submit proof that you are able to speak the English language. And this is one for me where I'm like, when I moved to the country three years ago, I had to do this language test where you actually get to see whether I understand the language or not. And that's how I came. But they want to see that when you are applying to become a citizen again. And then you will also submit any police clearances that you had. And for us, we didn't, we didn't go back and reapply for new police clearances. 
from places that we had to get them from when we were applying for the permanent residency. So that's just something to keep in mind because, yeah, just depending on, you know, how you worked the five years that you'd have in your permanent residency in that duration that they give you for your permanent residency, if you know that you'd need to go and find something somewhere else, then you would need to to apply like and get that permanent get that police clearance um sorry let me just have a look at some of the comments so hi busi were you required to learn french and take another english test so no we were not required to learn french um as long as you know one of the official languages and you can write the test and pass that that should be enough with the English test, we didn't take another English test because the one that we had, it was enough. Like that was enough for them to see that we are able to conduct in and speak like the language. So we didn't have to do a completely new one. Okay, and then Eman Leeni says, Hi, Busi, I saw that you worked at Salesforce. I am on track to be a Salesforce certified application architect. Are there job options in the field over there? So now this is one way I would say go to the Salesforce website, maybe go to their page on LinkedIn and just have a look at what they have open. I haven't, I don't know whether they have any jobs for architects that are open, but the best place to find that information would be on their website or on a place like LinkedIn where they would post um, if they have openings. But the best place I would say is just go to their website directly because sometimes companies will have jobs that are open and they don't necessarily go and post it on LinkedIn, like for whatever reason, I don't know. But I think their website would be the best place for you to check if there are opportunities. But a lot of companies, I think, because um, even when you look at the ecosystem that Salesforce works with, there could be a number of partners as well that they, they work with that you could work for and be able to use your Salesforce, the skills that you have with Salesforce. Maybe even networking with some people who you see are in a similar role as you who work at uh, Salesforce. So just have a look at the locations that you're interested in. If you're finding people, reach out to them and let them know that, hey, I'm this person. Maybe I, I just did one, two, three. I'm looking to get an opportunity in this space and I'd love to connect with you. Or, and then don't connect just because you're saying, hey, like, do you have opportunities to share with me? You, you know, but connect with them in a sense that you are in a space that I would love to be in and I'd love to be connected with you. And then from there, who knows, like people generally will share if there's opportunities in the space that they work in. So that's something that could work in your favor. Eman Lenny says, fantastic, sound advice. Thank you. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. You know, one of the biggest things in finding a job abroad especially if you are still living outside of the country maybe that you want to move in i do think networking is a big part of it and it's 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 pretty difficult like i mean i've been on the other side and it's pretty difficult for you to get people who have never met you before to even respond to a message you know like i had situations where the company i was still working for before i moved I would reach out to people internally and say, hey, I'm going to be moving to Canada in X amount of time. I'd love to connect. And some people just never bothered to respond. So you might find yourself getting people, a whole bunch of people who will look at your message and carry on with their lives. So don't let that deter you because you will find someone. You will likely find someone. And it, I think if you find people who are also in a similar position where they've been immigrants and they understand what it's like to be on the other side. That's where I think you usually have a better chance of getting someone to respond. But if you're reaching out to somebody who maybe might not even understand 
what you're going through, I think that's where you can get a bit more of resistance. So just keep that in mind if you are reaching out to a bunch of people that there's a lot of people who will just not give you the time of day. And it's purely because they might not know you and maybe they do have a number of other people who are reaching out. Okay, so Khan Freddy says, I'm doing my PhD in accounting, but I wish to look for a job in Canada as a lecturer. What is your advice? I think in this in this instant, it would also be a similar thing. Network with people who are in that field, like find out what it would take for you to be able to make that transition, you know, into uh, being a lecturer in the space that you want to be in. I think that would be one of the biggest things. Just find someone who's already in the space, have a conversation with them. If you're not already maybe understanding what would be required for you to be able to make that transition, I remember when I made a transition in my own career, I spoke to a whole bunch of people who were already doing what I looked at and thought I would like to get into this space. I have done my own research. There's things I've looked up, but there's so much more that I think I still have questions on. So get clear on things that are not very clear for you and then try and find people that you can speak to just to give you guidance and direction because those would be the best people to say, okay, start doing X, Y, Z, and this is going to help you be more competitive. It's going to help you show up in a different way when you are trying to go for those roles and get a job um, as a lecturer in one of the, the institutions this side. So that is the one thing that I would definitely advise that you do. The 750 days of being present in Canada, is it consecutive? How many days can I be out of the country to maintain the PR status for the duration of the virus. It doesn't have to be continuous. Nope, it does not have to be continuous. You could be in for 15 days, you're in for a month, three months, five months, whatever that looks like. It just depends. Like it, it depends on you, but they look at it overall. Like in that entire five years, have you been present for at least 750? So you could even go for six months, not laying a foot in Canada. But as long as in that five years, you have a combination of 750 days in whatever, yeah, whatever combination like that would look like. I hope you were able to take a couple of things here and there from today's session just to understand, you know, how you could potentially lose your permanent residence, residency if you do move to Canada or any other country. Like I encourage you to look into that so you know exactly, you know, how you can protect yourself and Keep yourself in the right circles that are not going to have you doing things that could potentially endanger you. So thank you all so, so much for joining. Make sure you are following me on Instagram. I do have my handle there at the bottom, Instagram or TikTok. That's where I generally will announce if I am going live and the topic, the topic that we're going to be talking about. So you can start thinking of like all the questions that you might have that you want to ask. And if I have put the live up, please do feel free to go in underneath that live if you have some questions that you think you want to ask and ask those questions that are related to that topic and I'll make sure that it's something I look at and I comment on. Help yourself make more informed decisions. Subscribe to the podcast and keep your life on track with me, your host, Boosie Global. I'll see you on the next episode.